There is no phone ringing, damn it! What the hell are you talking about? You know what the hell she's talking about? Now, what in hell am I going to tell this boy Shaver's parents? That a substitute nurse assassinated him because she couldn't tell the doctors from the patients on the floor? My God! Okay. You let a woman beat ya. You little tiny nothing. Why did you move closer to me? Closer to Don't, you. Bob. Uh-uh. His name was Jeremiah Johnson. Norma Ray has been working since she was 16. And Jeff Goldblum is the psycho freak who's everywhere the action is. That's outrageous! You try one more goddamn stunt and I'll light up the fucking sky! I'd rather die running than be left here alone. Okay, but remember, serpentine! Absolutely. What a guy. You can fuck the lilies and the roses too. A decade under the influence. No rules, no limits. No wonder these filmmakers changed our world. Wayne's World. Hello and welcome to another episode of Knock Over Victory's Wine. <laughs> episode 7. <laughs> Your favorite show where we knock over Victory's wine and then we all get mad about it's it. It's too bad this is audio so you can't see the amazing interpretive dance that's going to happen. Yeah. While Victory does their movie review. Actually, it's probably more puppeteering because you're like all in black. So it's all that. of these I'm things. I'm always all in black. No, I know. No, but you've got like a <laughs> leotard thing and get, like, do your interpretive dance. I'm not dance. wearing a leotard. <laughs> you're wearing yes, a full yes, leotard. <laughs> It's weird, it's but we're just gonna weird. roll with My it. My outfit is not any different G from your outfit. Gotcha. You're wearing a leotard. Got your puppeting gloves. You like a, we control the like narrative. Like a band logo on your shirt. It's a full narrative, it. isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. I'm wearing jeans. You're wearing a leotard. I'm not. <laughs> Listen, we have six movies to review today, we and do. they're they're doozies. Are they? Um, you know what? What? I mean, I would suggest pause because I wanted to have a conversation, but I guess we'll just roll with it and be okay. Okay. I realize I'm going to give all this back information about this first movie, and then who's doing the Me. next? Me. You're yeah, and like I was hoping to have a conversation about like, you know, what you're going to include, so we're not both saying the same thing, but it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be more than I fine. Think that we Bruce bring our own perspective so no matter what well, we it's pick, just something i thought about while i'm writing all this shit i'm like hey wait a minute <laughs> i'm not doing the sequel that's gonna be fun okay you told um, me i had to do the fucking sequel and we're doing dave because it's a uh, two reviews by me two reviews by ashes and then two reviews by victory yeah normally in an ideal world we'd be switching off but whatever uh this is how the cookie crumbles what I just thought that would be cool. Like, you know, uh, every time it doesn't work out that way, I'm like, well, that's against what I would like. But, <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> against what I would like. Yeah, you know, like switching off, but whatever. Uh, Cotton comes to Harlem, 1970. You all ready? Ready. I have a new notebook, and I'm breaking it in. Full of new movies we've watched. Cotton comes to Harlem, 1970. Uh, here's a short, shitty one from memory. Uh, early 70s New York movie about two Harlem cops bumbling around and perhaps fighting crime. Uh, one is this guy from long forgotten TV show, also the Watermelon Man. Watermelon Man podcast coming soon. <laughs> and the other is the preacher guy from They Live and all the late 70s and 80s TV. Okay, for real. Wiki calls this a neo-noir, 
which is always annoying when they add Neo to shit. Uh, and noir <laughs> action comedy thriller film. Thanks, Wiki. It is obviously cited as an early example of black exploitation films. Hopefully, we'll get into that a little bit. It's usually I see it as representation, but mm-hmm. we talk about that whole black exploitation thing as we watch um, all of these movies. Film is based on Chester Himes' novel of the same name. Chester was an African American writer most known for his Harlem detective novels, and holy shit, there needs to be a movie about this man's life, 1909 to 1984. It was like lead belly a bit with racism and triumph of the spirit. Uh, Substitute mass drinking of mash liquor and (laughs) raw ass blues for writing in prison. Uh, He left Jim Crow shit and eventually moved to France. Yay! Uh, pause for a second. Did you do any research on the writer guy? Did he write the second one? Probably I not. I didn't do... Who, who's the writer? Is it Chester Himes? Correct. Then, yeah, he wrote the second one, too. Yeah, because he's famous for writing these uh, Harlem detective novels. There's this thing in the, the wiki. Did you read his wiki? I didn't. I didn't write it down, but it was like... Because I was trying to figure out if he was blind, too. There was like this science accident with him and his brother. And Whoa. I might have left his brother blind but they go to the Whoa. hospital and the hospital's like ah, you guys are black we can't take care of you so fucking hell instead of not being blind he we you know because they could have done an eye wash or whatever right uh he was blind because of racism jesus uh film is directed by uh, back to back to my review film is directed <laughs> by ozzy davis yes the mayor from do the right thing and most of the early Spike Lee joints. Uh, he did mass acting in film and TV. We reviewed him in Hot Stuff. Remember Hot Stuff? Vaguely. <laughs> where they sold Hot Stuff, and it was like... Oh, the oh, cop movie the where movie they sell Hot Stuff. Watched, like three times. They didn't and watch it. No, three. We did watch it anytime. Not three times. <laughs> the movie that's really good to watch on weed, which answers the other question. <laughs> uh, he also... Um, Ozzy Davis also directed Gordon's War, 1973, and we'll see his work in Black Girl, 1972, soon, if I can ever get a copy. Is that a, is that a pitch for a copy out there? Yeah, it is a pitch for a copy, as I'm burping up my caffeinated water that Alfredo gave me. Uh, Godfrey <laughs> Cambridge plays Gravedigger Jones. Uh, 19, I wrote 193, I wrote like 193, so probably somewhere in the thirties to 1976. His last film had him portray a dictator. Oh yeah. It was a 1930 something to 1976. Yeah. He died, um, very young in his early forties. Uh, his last film, he portrayed dictator Idi Amin, who later said his death was come ups for portraying him. Again, we'll see Godfrey in our deep dive of Watermelon Man coming soon. It's crazy Raymond, when bad people say terrible things, isn't it? Yeah. Raymond <laughs> St. Jocks uh, played Coffin Ed Johnson. Okay, synopsis for real. Gravedigger and Coffin, Grave Digger and Coffin are two black cops obviously living in an institutionalized racist police force, though not necessarily shown in the film. The two cops have a rep for being tough. They are called to investigate a robbery. That stole all of the funds collected by Reverend Deke O'Malley, played by Calvin Lockhart. He was the DJ in Melinda. The Reverend looks obviously shady, though the people seem to love his style. Also, he collected a fuck ton of dough, if I remember correctly. It was for tickets to take them back to Africa. Pan-Africanism. 
Okay, again, movie happens. It's a bit wacky and gritty, and Fred Sanford is here. Norman, is that you? To cash in on the cotton that has the stolen bread. It is also my memory that Coffin and Gravedigger walk around not getting it. And we'll see you all in Cotton 2. Discuss. Also lots of great character actors in here, including Eugene Roach. Yeah, this is a great movie for character actors, especially black, obviously black character actors who don't get a ton of other parts that are, that are fun. And so they get to express themselves a lot in this movie that I think is pretty meh. Uh, <laughs> it is early. It's 1970, so it's definitely an early black exploitation. We thing. rewound part of this film four times. What was it? Do you remember the, the was the this black VHS? Guy? No, this was um, this DVD. DVD. The second one was only VHS. What? The Black Panther dude roll across the street to like give shit to the preacher guy and uh, Gravedigger and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Coffin Joe or something? Coffin Joe. Fucking, Coffin Ed. Sorry. Uh, Stop them, and then the one guy steps up, oh, and yeah. they pick him up and throw him into the air, just straight up into the air, like fifteen feet. I should have had that in there. That's thank you. That's why we do this together, folks. It was worth it, and I would have rewound it more. And yeah, I mean, I always are like, you know, if I was at home, mm, I would have kept going. It was so funny. Each time we watched it, I laughed harder. It was just. The weirdest scene. Well, and yeah, they like had him on wires or something because yeah. it was just like this like wacky thing. I had no idea. Like, I had, they'd given us nothing to expect that sort of thing, and then all of a sudden to have this like zany moment where you're like, "What is happening?" And then they catch him and they all fall down. There wow. were so many moments where in this movie where I was like, "What in the fuck is going on?" Like the um, yeah the fucking cotton slavery burlesque show <laughs> oh my god yes i don't even remember take me through it take Do you remember because she was like looking for like a new dance style she was like i'm something. tired of this old fucking feather fan dance shit and like blah blah, blah. and then she like gets this bale of cotton like raw unprocessed cotton and gets idea and just like dresses up in this outfit like she's a slave on a plantation yes. and proceeds to strip for the audience and do like all this like sexy dance stuff who is pretty and there, about it's it. like families it is families yes <laughs> families in the audience just enjoying a sexy burlesque show about cotton and slavery <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Well, that was good. I'm glad I. I'm glad that we watched this movie because it's weird too, right? It is. Yes. Weird. I'm not big weird. into like noir stuff, and it's not a period piece. I but can't no- believe anyone called this noir. Ugh. Well, I think it's because you. I mean, maybe more because the writer wrote, you know, kind of noir mm-hmm. uh, African American like detective, you know, detectives in Harlem, mm. and so there is a little bit. But they're not private investigators. No. They're cops, and I was yeah. gonna ask because my memory is vague, like. Were they good cops? Kind of. Did they figure it out? Were they... They always, like, kind of know who's fucking lying and who's shitty. And they they take a very middle-of-the-road route, right? Because, like, 
everyone's like hot as hell on this like pan-african guy who's like we're gonna take you all yeah. back to africa and they're they're all like that's bullshit but then the revolutionaries who come up and are like fuck that we gotta change the whole system they're like eh, that's bullshit and they're, they're always like very system straight and narrow sort of dudes who are just watching out for the community from being swindled hmm. so they always kind of know what's going on but take they take their time piecing it together sometimes I get like their stick confused with whatever other cop movie we've we've watched, especially specifically yeah. the Yafik Kodo, um, oh. Anthony Quinn. Yeah, and I think they were dicks, weren't they? Yeah. The other thing is that we watched this movie, and it's the one we're going to do the sequel here in a second, and they're not wildly different movies, so they just <laughs> sort of dovetail together into one meshy, crabby movie. Um, and then it also, what is that, D- Detroit 9000? Mm-hmm. It also is like kind of the same movie. Because like you were describing the beginning of it. I was like, wait, they weren't. No, that was a re-election thing. That was a group of like white guys or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd like to get on the tape something about uh, the robbery. Because I don't remember it. Was there a tank or something? They had a like slick way that they... They had a really weird golden armored car. Yeah! <laughs> and then they... they stole that armored car and then they stuffed a bale of cotton in the back i don't i don't know they, like, it was hid weird. the money in the bale of cotton while they were driving shooting machine guns out the back hitting nothing i would recommend watching this movie just for weirdness which brings me to my rating i think i gave it a seven i was thinking maybe 7.5 unless i'm thinking of a different movie because i didn't write it down but uh i would recommend this just because like especially if you're watching these types of films yeah it gets a recommend but it's it's funny because like i would recommend that someone watch this but this isn't a good movie and, and <laughs> what <laughs> yes it is this is like a, a five five maybe a six like it's just kind of all over the place. I mean, for our purposes, you get New York, you get the gritty, yeah, you yeah. get no. There's lots of great things about this, and movie. there's good character actors. Very little so of them are the movie, though. Yeah. yeah, the the character actors in this are phenomenal. You get lots of great like moments with them. Red Fox, this is uh, his film debut, I think. You get a New York that probably can never be seen again because all those buildings are probably gone. Yeah, there were some interesting buildings that we were like, that's definitely gone. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, it's a it's a meh kind of movie that's not really all that inspiring in the end or, or interesting. It's just sort of like a cop drama. Yeah, I was like, why did they make a sequel? Actually, <laughs> but okay, y'all, you ready to move on? You want to rate this? Sure. It's about like a you know halfway mark, but because I don't like cop movies, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip with a thumbs down. Ooh, why not? Yeah, I thought that was coming. I, I didn't because I don't see this as a cop movie. I see it as people that play cops, and it's like why? But the the why it comes up floats to the top a lot. See, but this, that's this that's where like. The Dolomite sort of movie more than this kind of movie. Yeah. Because it's like they don't center the, like shitty like cops He's as a the man heroes. in the community. Yeah, exactly. Well, we did have the Reverend Deke or whatever, Deke O'Malley, played by the handsome, drop dead handsome Calvin Lockhart. Yeah, but he's also the bad guy. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's still cool. 
He's stealing everybody's he? money. He's cool to watch. And He's a his, good actor. His, yeah, but like, that's what I'm saying. And I'm glad he has an interesting part to play. But it's not like a... No, but it's not I wasn't saying whether he's it's not... good or not, but he's cool, and I enjoyed watching him. It's like, it's, yeah. and it was interesting some of the stuff that they got on the tape. And yeah, definitely Red Fox. It would just uh, yeah, I loved seeing Red Fox. I think his girlfriend's way cooler than yeah. him, especially with her oh. outfits and like, yeah. and she can like fight, and she's smart, and she like tricks everybody. She is, but she's also the quickest to sell him out. <laughs> That's she's cool. Like, oh, you yeah. double cross me. Oh, I'll bring this whole motherfucker down. <laughs> She's not taking shit from nobody. Zero though. people. Like, no one is yeah. giving her shit without 100% regretting it immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that is true. <laughs> she, says, she has no long game to her, but she is very cool. <laughs> All right, before we get to Cotton 2, which is also actually called Comeback Charleston Blue, not Cotton <laughs> uh, we're going to do The Great White Hope, 1970. And I did this one. You did? I thought Victory had this one. What? Nope. No, nope, okay, never good. mind. It'd be funny if we both did it. That'd be cool. Go! <laughs> Who wore it best? And then we missed one. Uh, here we have what Wiki calls a biographical romantic drama film. Written and adapted from the 1967 Howard Sackler play of the same name. Oh, it's Howard Sackler. And boy, does it do it all a disservice to omit the racism in the room. Uh, first off, this is a dang period piece, and I'm not the biggest fan of period pieces, especially in my 70s film. I'm slowly coming around thanks to knowing the person sitting on my right. I know you'd be on my right. <laughs> Set in the earliest of the 1900s, so it starts uh, with Darth Vader as a powerful fighter taking on Whitey. And I'm like, uh-oh, the enter racism for this shit is going to be epic. Also, Darth is in love with a white woman. Watch out the both of you. Damn. It also starts with a written statement saying that most of this is 100% true. So let's start there. Jack Johnson was a real boxer who lived from 1878 to 1946 and was nicknamed the Galveston Giant. Uh, huge rich story there, but the film focuses on his time and marriage to Etta Duray. D-U-R-E-A. Duray. Uh, didn't say when she was born, but she died September 11th, 1912. I'll never um, forget. The real person from a gunshot wound. I think she died differently in the film, which is Yeah, threw herself down a well in the Weird. Yeah. Wait, what did you say about how she died? Gunshot that. wound. She shot herself. Oh. Uh, focuses also on his arrest, exile, etc., Okay, from memory, Darth Vader and Jane Alexander reprise their award-winning roles of the Broadway smash hit play. We watch a billion movies that are based on plays, but I didn't think this one was. I didn't either. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Because usually the ones that are based on plays, they are stuck in one room. And people are going in and out of the room. This movie is all over. That's probably why I this see was how like you a... could use a boxing ring. Right. Well, could... and a lot of them are just in a room. Mm -hmm. It just like moves things. Although there is like the big. A lot of set changes. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this would. That's probably why it was a Broadway smash. Is it just had so many interesting set designs and changes. <laughs> yeah, and it's neat that um, 
not just uh, Jane Alexander and um, James Earl Jones, I keep saying Darth Vader, that they <laughs> reprised their roles, but two others, that uh, four of the main actors reprised their roles. Because he was one of the, like, first and, like, well, maybe not first, but he was, like, a super famous person who came out of the Harlem uh, uh, theater, right? They had, like, that famous theater that turned out a bunch of people uh, who were very famous uh, yeah. actors later on. Uh, where was that? Replies to an award-winning Broadway smash hit play uh, about horrid-ass racism in the early 1900s before the First World War. Darth Vader is a heavyweight boxer who smiles and racists want a white guy to beat him. It doesn't work, so they arrest his ass for violation of the Jim Crow Man Act. Can this interracial relationship survive all of this hatred? Film is directed by Martin Ritt, 1914 to 1990. He was 76 years old. We reviewed his work in Norma Ray, 1979, Conrack, 1974, Sounder, 1972. I'm still trying to get a copy of the sequel of Sounder. And we'll see him soon in the Molly Maguires and maybe The Front. Uh, share story, it says. The story very quickly is that I rented The Front. And you remember this? On oh, the this cover the fucking... of it, it has Woody Allen who is an actor in it, and you both were like, no, and I get it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because I'm not ready to watch any Cosby stuff, and we had some 70s movies that we liked that had Cosby in it. We do. And I'm not ready to do that. And this one, I, I am, but, you know, maybe slowly changing. I don't know. We didn't, so it's, whatever. I'm hoping that we can, because the movie, he's just an actor in it, and it was really, it's one of my favorite movies. Hmm. And it kind of sucks that... Um, He's, he's ruining it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stars Darth Vader as Jack. Uh, we saw him in The River Niger, The Man, Claudine, uh, Bingo Long, blah, 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 blah. Also <laughs> All Star stars. Wars and Conan. Jane Alexander as Eleanor. We saw her in Kramer versus Kramer, Question of Love, Circle of Children. We'll see her in Brubaker and Playing for Time, both from 1980. Great White Hope. Discuss. Boom. Um, this was a great film. Yeah, it really yeah. was. It was a hard film to watch. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> man, this is just one of those, like, if it's deep, fucking start swimming kind of movies, because it just, it did a re... I mean, they, both Jane Alexander and Darth Vader do a phenomenal <laughs> job in this film of just, like, being human and really vulnerable and really hurt and really... I, they just roll through like the sets of emotions that that anyone would have here while also being strong it is it is a phenomenal film yeah i mean i i just i love james Earl jones Fuck like yeah. i i can't think of a single thing he's been in that i didn't like uh and he certainly didn't disappoint here no yeah he he does the sort of like that that character that big you know, boxing character so beautifully, you know, he, he, he's got that sort of Cassius Clay, uh, early, like, I'm going to shit talk so much. Yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> and he, there's that early scene, you know, before the, his first fight where he's just shit talking an entire town mm. <laughs> that's out there and they're all booing him yeah, and hating he knows, him. He knows they just want to fucking kill him. Yeah. Like literally want to, fucking mob violence kill him and he's like fucking bring it he's like you're just i'm, I'm literally eating this all up nom, 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 nom. yeah <laughs> the film does yeah, a really I good love... job of making you feel it yeah yeah i love the how coming towards him. 
audacious he is. But when the the full power of the state comes behind that movement to like take him down, mm-hmm. um, it is. It's desperate. It's sad. You see him clinging on, and they they really capture some like. I I, emotionally wrenching scenes, of him trying to continue on with uh, any kind of career and have, you know, that self-sustaining. Yeah, I mean, it's like you you want to see him succeed you want to see him like you know get back at the man and like uh you know have like his talents recognized somewhere but mm. but he he just that's not how the story goes he doesn't win nope i mean he, and, eventually and it's a really like sad and horrible story Oh yeah, that's an interesting turn at the end. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a picture of this guy, but he was way huger than James Earl Jones. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing. James Earl Jones is fit in this movie, of course, but he's not like he does not like super boxer fit. Um, but he carries it off. Like he plays it off well. And I have to imagine that the guy who was really this boxer is massive because boxers are just fucking. Yeah, you should look up a picture of him, but. Uh, <laughs> There's a, a silly thing I wanted to mention real fast, even though it mentions Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> in 2018, President Donald Trump granted Johnson a posthumous... Uh, how do you say that? Post, posthumous? Posthumous. It looks like posthumous. Posthumous. <laughs> presidential pardon after reoccurring proposals to grant one had been shot down by previous branches. So, like, he's long dead, yeah. and they give him a pardon for the that man act thing. For having sex with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but crossing state lines between Illinois and Wisconsin or something. Yeah, accused of sex trafficking his wife. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It, I mean, I just, as you watch this, I'm just like, no, like, I've been in relationships. We've all been in relationships. And this is one where I'd be like, the problems are bigger than us. We've got to shut it down. I don't care. And he's, and like, it takes you through how he's like, I'm willing to deal with it. Are you willing to deal with it? And, She's like, I'm willing to deal with it. I'm just like, how could you? Yeah, that would be so fucking difficult. And I remember his line. He was like, well, then hang on tight. Like, you want to go on this ride, you know, with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just like, so so often through the movie, I was just like trying to put myself in that situation. Like, could I go on with this knowing that my presence has destroyed all possibility of my partner's success in life yeah. and is causing all this misery to them. Like I would be so tempted to just like disappear in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, he left the country and I was like, this is nice. A little bit of like, you know, breathing room, like the writer of the cotton, you know, the detective movies, he eventually moved to France. It's like, right. get the hell out of town. But, um, he came back, right, to face the. Well, charges. he came back to Mexico. Well, yeah, he went to Mexico because of the crossing state lines. It's a federal crime that he was being charged with, and yeah. on federal crimes, you can um, use extradition powers with other countries, and so they went after him that way. But when he was like in Juarez or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, because uh, his whole thing was. But even in the other countries, they were. 
they could fucking with him. Yeah. They certainly, like, ruined his boxing ability in, in Britain, or sent him to France, who didn't have, like, a, a, apparently great boxers at that time, because <laughs> they set him up with, like, their best, and he immediately, like, pummeled him, and, like, and then they were like, no one will fight you after that. It's like, <laughs> you beat that guy so badly. Um, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, the boxer's real story uh, is a lot richer and uh, very interesting and has some ups and downs and so i'd like to see a documentary or something about the yeah. life of them oh absolutely uh i'd never heard of them before yeah i mean i definitely heard of the 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 boxing match of the great white hope i mean and jack johnson or yeah name. but I've, i'd never seen the story band. played out further um so that was that was very cool to get that piece of history yeah it was directed super well and like you know, it was the tension throughout the entire movie was uh, was very real. It was difficult to watch and yeah. to really put you in those characters, and um, it was just heavy. Yeah, and ended in suicide. I was like, fuck. Yeah. You know, um, I had tried to watch it before and didn't make it all the way because I was like, oh no. Sometimes you see a movie going and you're like. <laughs> I don't really want to right now. It's going. You couldn't see my hand gesture, but it was going over a clip. You know? I'm going to turn it off before the dog dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I saw that uh, Kinsey film, and I was like, "Oh, he's going to get some disease and die," and they were all turning on him for like looking at sex in a you know non-Catholic way or whatever. So like, I left the theater before it got really bad, and I was like. That's awesome. I wish I had done that for I shot Andy Warhol to not see the end of the Valerie Solana story. Just like leave on a high note. So you you can all you at home can do that. <laughs> our, you, our friend Jen. If you know something horrible is going to happen, take off before the ending. Her mom used to turn the movies off before they would get to that point, and she you know she just come in and she'd be like the end. Like, oh, that's a great story about a dog or a very happy family. <laughs> oh really? That's like. That that's like that episode of Friends. Yeah. Oh, her mom, no. her mom <laughs> on that really note, did that. Just, uh, do you guys want to rate this? Uh, nine. I, I gave it a nine too. Um. I yeah. Definitely a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs too down. Sad. Too sad. <laughs> well, uh, no you way. Directed. I love a super sad movie, especially there's... if it's like a true story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a glutton for that fucking punishment. <laughs> All right. Unless there's anything else on the Great White Hope, let's do Come Back Charleston Blue, 1972. Yeah. Put on your reading glasses. Have you seen my spectacles? Uh, I'll post a picture of that. <laughs> so come back, Charleston Blue. Uh, this was directed by Mark Warren. Uh, when I was looking him up, I was really surprised because this guy has done more one episodes of television uh, than anyone I've ever seen before. So he did like one or two episodes of Soul Train, Barney Miller, The Wolfman Jack Show, The Diane Carroll Show, Dukes of Hazard, and Benson. And that's just what he did like... That's just, like, the big names. There's Love Diane Carroll. So many fucking, like, hey, why don't you come do an episode? All right, beat it. You know? <laughs> just, it, it made me giggle. Um, we already mentioned that Chester uh, Himes did the, the novel behind this. The screenplay for this was done by Ernest uh, Kin Kinoy and Peggy Elliott. 
Of course, this stars once again Godfrey uh, Cambridge, who mentioned uh, from the Watermelon Man, Five on the Black Side, and Ceremonies in Dark Old, Old Dark Men. Uh, uh, Raymond Saint Jacques from They Live, uh, the preacher in that, very cool. The Final Countdown and The Search for God. Uh, and then also Peter DeAnda. Uh, from the New Centurions, Cutter, and The Cool World. Which when I saw that, I was like, he was in Cool World? Um, no, different. Uh, <laughs> so I start this off with a question. Why did Cotton Comes to Harlem need a sequel? Which is, I think, right where we left off from our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Here it is. Enjoy it. In this second offering, we have the same two cops looking out for the community and seeing through all the bullshit. A dead gangster, that's our uh, uh, Charleston Blue, Okay. Uh, who kills uh, with his blue straight razor, is at it again, and targeting all the dealers in Harlem. I Pretty soon, they're all gone, and the town is dry. So dry that the addicts are trying to get locked up so they can get off the junk. But was it really the dead gangster, or... Is it really the community influencer photographer who seems like a good guy, but maybe there's more to the story? Yeah, I have a question right off the bat. Why does this sound so fucking cool? I, like, <laughs> I don't remember it being... It sounds amazing. He takes a straight razor to get rid of all the addicts? Yeah. Not, Not addicts, the addicts, the other but, gangsters. But the dealers. Yeah. He that sounds awesome. That's Gold, Gordon's War and shit. And he... he remember, I don't remember this piece. His, uh, the gangster's dead wife is like, I keep all of his straight razors in this box. I don't remember anything about a straight razor. Was I, was I there? Was I awake? <laughs> you were here the like whole time. the whole plot of the movie was centered around. I just remember I mean, it's like too. the opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a great movie. Hey, we'll start... it's not, nah, uh, it sounds great. <laughs> It's kind. Of, it's a cool premise. I mean, it for a film. deserves to be on. D- we keep watching a lot of these "quote unquote" black exploitation films that are on VHS. Yeah, and that which is, is bullshit. It is bullshit. So why I this, wanted to get that. Why on the you tape. would release the it, first one and not the second one on like a two di- like a two part DVD? Yeah, it was also kind of annoying though. But yet again, like the revolutionaries are. Not like the top villains necessarily, but they... They're villains. Yeah, I mean, like, some of them are the villains, like, capital V, and then the others are just sort of like, oh, gee shucks, we didn't realize what we were getting ourselves into. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so cool, I need to see this again. Well, and the... Howard the Duck gets a Blu-ray, and this can't even get a DVD. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's an unfair world <laughs> hey <laughs> which is a true which is a reality that is laid out bare before us constantly um this there were some cool parts in this film i mean i enjoyed his community center slash flat uh that he'd set up yeah um that was really cool sounds so great do you remember my comments did i like because i feel like maybe i like this better than the first one <laughs> do i remember your comments about <laughs> did i did i like it better than the first one what was what was our consensus uh, after was, watching this? i don't think we liked this one as much as the first one okay. but there are some cool things to this there's some more like gothy sort of stuff to this like at the end the guy uh gets blown up in a in the what's it called like the the death vault 
Um, I feel like I remember the explosion. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Death Vault. Yeah, no. it's like what is it? Crypt. Because um, the gangster has. Oh like, yeah, the kid. Yeah, that was that, cool. The kid is cool as fuck. Yeah, the kid he, is like, cool. Sets a time bomb. And he's the, <laughs> the revolutionary. Yeah. He's oh my the, god! Wait, I did revol- like this better. <laughs> yeah, he's like a better revolutionary than the. Yeah, the kid was the awesome. Organized group. But the, I don't think the organized group is in this one. I think they they keep arresting people because they're like, oh, they're part of this this like organization, blah blah blah. But I think it's just the kid. I think he's the. Oh, we don't know. <laughs> it, it leaves the question. But yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but yeah, that was amazing. It's a. Uh... Time is making this movie so much better. Yeah, no, this is definitely a better movie from like a month later than it is like <laughs> watching it. Um, but yeah, but I feel like it had more revolutionary stuff than the first one. I don't. Maybe, maybe the thing that really bugged yeah. me about this film from the go what bugged you about this was film? in the first movie they're very like by the book cops who mm-hmm. are like you know the dealers are bad the, the fuck everyone's bad and we're just trying to like sort out who's trying to take advantage of the larger community, um, and in this one. They're basically friends with all the heroin dealers in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, they're they're in the social cir- like they're getting invited to their fancy parties and stuff. Yeah, and sitting at the table like people's with... like what do they call those like de- debutante balls? Or oh right, whatever. because because <laughs> the main dealer's daughter, who is like the girlfriend of the photographer going forward, wins Miss Harlem or something like that. Yeah, and, um, and is like disgusted with like her. Dad, uncle, I forget which. Yeah, and the cops are like at the fucking seat of honor at the table with them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like really weird to me that like in the first movie they're so like straight and narrow and like all the rules. And in the second one they're like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, in either of these two movies, do they explain why he's called Gravedigger Jones and Coffin Ed Johnson? Oh, you don't remember why? No. no. Um, I believe he's... Co- no, they never tell you why, but they constantly call the guy Digger all the way. Oh, yeah, and, and we kept oh, thinking Jesus. that he was saying the N-word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he does not pronounce that D super hard. No, so you're like, no one does. Through the whole thing, you're like, fucking what? And I, I kind of think it's like a, a, a way that like they were playing off... They, they were trying to be like... <laughs> Secretive, secrety about explicit racism constantly. But yeah, I started yeah, to be I like, mean, wait a minute, enough to make your hair stand on end every time. It's like what? seriously, <laughs> which I was just laughing. And one of the reasons is because okay, folks out there listening, look up Shirt Tails intro on <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> this there is a character who's like a mole or something. And his name is <laughs> Digger, but. It totally sounds like saying the N word. You had that plushie. Yeah, I did. Funny as hell. So uh, you might get a chuckle out of that. I had three shirt tails plushies. Hell yeah! I remember getting shirt tails cards. I think they were greeting cards before they were a show. That's funny. But I liked that show a lot. I believe I gave this movie a seven to give them both a seven. Yeah, I, I think I gave this one a five. You're like 5.5. <laughs> <laughs> One more Shirt Tales fun fact. 
Yes. The shirt from the plushies uh-huh. fit my cat perfectly. Oh, and yes. And she would let me put it on her. <laughs> oh, awesome. That is a fun fact. <laughs> Victory? Really is. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm going the same way as the first one. It just, I, Boom. cop movies don't it's do it for I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> You've given cop movies thumbs up before, though. Yeah, it's rare, but it happens sometimes. Did you like the 7-Ups? You gave that up. I don't down. fucking remember. Uh, they <laughs> did not like the 7-Ups. What? I mean... I mean, we're going to go listen to the tape right now. We'll be back shortly. I'm pausing it so we can get the details on this 7 Ups. <laughs> <laughs> he just had a birthday, too. I can't remember his name, but the star of the 7 Ups. What's his goddamn name? Wasn't that, What's his name from the dancing movie? Yeah, yeah. say his name. Uh, from Blue Thunder and the and all that jazz. Oh, but he's not the guy from, from Jaws. Yeah, he's the guy from Oh, Jaws. he is from J- Sh- Schneider. Uh, you suck. Fuck. <laughs> it's not Schneider. No, but it's something like that. Yeah, you almost had it. It's Roy Scheider. Scheider! Fuck you! Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Cease the hostilities! Um, why don't you give me a review of Burnt Offerings, 1976? And I'm going to go get a cool beverage real quick. You're not going to listen to my... I'm, I'm going to hear you! All right. I'm going to run over there. Uh, I'll, I'll go slow here. Uh, Burnt Offer- Offerings, like you said, 1976. Our director here is Dan Curtis, uh, known for... House of Shadow, or House of Dark Shadows, excuse me, and then the sequel, Night of Dark Shadows, and then like 15 horror films that are made for TV horror films that have like really <laughs> silly horror film names. Uh, You're going too fast! <laughs> our writer here is Robert uh, Mascaro. He did the novel, then the screenplay was done by William F. Nolan <clears throat> and Dan Curtis, who is also the director, as I mentioned. This stars uh, Karen Black from uh, Drive, he said, Five Easy Pieces, and Nashville, uh, among many others. Also, Oliver Reed from The Devil, or actually, sorry, Oliver Reed from The Devils, The Brood, and Triple Echo, Psychoplasmics, <laughs> and The Four Musketeers, and, and The Four Musketeers, and The Three Musketeers, and all sorts of overacty things. Uh, we also get uh, Aline Heckert in this one from The Butterflies Are Free, uh, The Hiding her. Place, and The White Mama. Um, Did you not say Burgess Meredith? I skipped him. I'm coming back. Okay, we get, good. We you get need Burgess, Burgess Meredith, Meredith from oh. Rocky, Such Good Friends, and The Man. And Magic. And Magic. <laughs> they literally throw a dummy at people. <laughs> crew guys <laughs> and the last person who i'm highlighting here is betty davis and she's known for those eyes obviously oh yeah that was a nice surprise that she was in the yeah it was okay no i had seen it <laughs> so i start this one with oh shit this one's spooky <laughs> a family is looking for uh to rent a house for the summer uh and get out of the city they stumble into a sweet deal an old mansion that a brother and sister live in, but are wanting to rent out and head out of town for the summer. But there's one catch. Their mother will be staying at the house, and they'll need to take her food. Wait, is that the catch? Things start to get weird as the family tries to enjoy their time away. A fun afternoon swimming turns violent. Their aunt starts to age quickly. The dad starts to have visions of his mother's funeral. Can they escape this place before it's too late? 
or will they become burnt offerings? <laughs> Kid gets beat up in the pool, Mike. <laughs> it is a rough scene. I really didn't like that scene. This was our one Halloween movie we watched this year. We're not big horror people. No. Uh, this was spooky, though. Spooky. It was spooky. Burgess Meredith and Eileen Heckert are amazing, and they just peace out real fast. Kind of in this film. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, his name was like huge. Massive. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's got like seven lines. He's like, I don't know. Here they are. Bye. They were complaining about the sweet deal even before they found out about the mother. I would be back in the station wagon. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm like, we got to do nursing shit too? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> the mom in this is so excited to have, to like go play house somewhere and to like clean a house. You mean Karen Black. I do mean Karen Black. Yes. It's such a good... or Was she or was she just charmed by the house? Oh, that's totally like maybe possible. she yeah, was like immediately possessed. Oh, okay, hold on. I want to pause here for a second. I'm uh, Victory and I are selling our house, and I was over fixing the fence three weeks ago or something. And you like jumped that out now. the window because no, no. <laughs> uh, and this lady appeared. Mm-mm. Like, like I was like carrying stuff to the backyard, and I hear something. I turn around, and there's a lady behind me reading oh, yeah. the sign to the house. And I was like, oh, hi. And I'm going to tell the quick version of this because there's a lot. But she offered to bless the house for me and the sale and sung a song that I can't remember any of the words for. Um, And then... She was like a real-life fairy. Then was like... Not like the little one. Like historical, like like actually from the manuscripts fairy person. But then she was like... (laughs) <laughs> the the blessing that she put on the house, the ultimate thing that she said was that this house will sell itself to someone. It will make them fall in love with it, and it will like get in their dreams and shit. Yeah, uh, it was my a, dreams. It I was wish a very... she hadn't moved. I like that house. <laughs> What's crazy is we haven't had an offer for like the six months it's been on the market. Not a single offer, and like. Within, what was it, like a week or something like that? Yeah, would have been a week or two. Bam, offer. (laughs) (laughs) A week or two. So, to go back in time. 578 hours. But it was also like the day that we were planning on delisting because we were going to give up on it. Yeah. Uh, So, to put this back in, maybe you're right. Maybe there was a, like a, a spell cast on Karen Black specifically that was like, I'm enchanting you. Come, like, clean my mirrors. <laughs> I think so. We had a couple, or we have a couple 70s movies that are like The House. The Changeling, I think, is a little bit of The House. And, of course, Amityville Horror yeah. is The House. And I also thought maybe it was uh, the lady. Did we find out? Was there even a lady? Wasn't she... Well, when we, long dead, when we right? do find out the lady, it is Karen Black. So we never see the actual lady. Correct. Well, there never was. Yeah, it, I think the house is just like, it, it lives by taking in a new person. And Burgess and Eileen, do we get follow-up on that? Each, yeah. each of the photos on the table represents a person who's been taken by the house. Oh, yeah. 
Ooh. Aren't they out like celebrating or something? Yeah, yeah. They're on like fucking on the Cabo beach or, or something. something. <laughs> they're having the yeah, time. Yeah, they're of their like, life. oof, this house needs to renovate itself. We're out of here. <laughs> the house you'll find takes care of itself. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing kind of a lot by when you said that weird thing. <laughs> But this deal seems pretty good. <laughs> the pool is haunted. Who jumps out the damn window? She does. No. Fucking, uh, 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 what's his dick does? Oh, Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed. Do, yeah. do your Oliver Reed again? <laughs> Oliver Reed does. It becomes so... You need to be sweating more. <laughs> I do. And, and shaking. <laughs> he is like... Like a Shakespearean fucking theater actor that oh, just yeah. could never break that. We'll but, see him in Tommy. But people <laughs> loved his like his thing that he did. I don't, did they? Just, they kept he, casting him in films. I know, but we've talked about that before. It might be something where he's like really charming or always on time. Right? He just he nice to the crew. He gives you. He tries a hundred percent every time. Yeah, he's like first take or something. And it's just, <laughs> I saved a grand in film on him. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, he, he, he's definitely someone who seems to take the craft very seriously, but has developed it in a very specific space that translates weird to film. There were two kids in this, right? There's just one. Okay, good. Because I was like, I'm only remembering one. And that was the boy. The boy, yeah. And then Betty Davis. Yeah, but... Um... The boy accident in the pool. What did anything else happen to him? Uh, he almost died because someone went into the his bedroom and turned on the gas. Oh yeah. And then like, they uh, had to go the and tree tried to fall on him. Yeah. He hurt himself right off, and Burgess Meredith watched and just giggled. You remember that he fell off the fucking. Uh, uh, and it looked weird. It did look weird. <laughs> he fell on his back, but he skinned his, his knee. knee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Burgess Meredith was like, ooh, he's fine out there. He's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bye. It did a really good job of being creepy. This was a fun mm -hmm. one, I think. It did. And it can't, like, the kid... I felt really bad for his character because he's just like tossed around in this movie a lot. He like his dad beats him up, then kind of goes crazy, then like freaks out and tries to leave, which like we're all like, "Go, dad, get out of here!" Um, and the, the kid is like freaking out and like kind of and, and physically. Well, because the dad tried to kill him. Oh yeah. So he's like, no. "Are you trying? To, are you taking me away to kill me?" <laughs> Why? Where's mom? <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. No, I liked it that they were like trying to get the hell out. Yeah. House wouldn't let it. House wouldn't let it. House wouldn't let it happen. And then right when they're leaving, it's like, oh, I didn't tell what's her name that we're leaving. He's like, don't go back in. Please don't go back in. She's like, I'll just be a second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need that reveal. Yeah, <laughs> we do need that reveal. And we slowly oh, and the chimney kills ends up killing the kid. Fine. Get it? Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Even the kid. <laughs> Everyone dies, and so she's just there making herself sandwiches. We see that early on that she's eating the food. Yeah, not early on, but we see it uh, more early enough on that it's yeah. like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? And but I'm, we're still worried about. I'm worried about this woman who's not eating and she doesn't answer. And we're like, go in. 
Yeah. And then she won't even let people, like, I feel like she moves it, you know, because first you can go up to see the pictures, and then she's like, you can't even go up this staircase. Yeah, don't, don't even, <laughs> don't let me find you around this staircase. <laughs> Ruined swimming for the summer, which is a big bummer. Yeah. So, well, swimming on the deep end of the pool. Yeah, true. Yeah. Apparently true. the shallow end is fine. You just don't go on the deep end. So everybody dies. Wait, does Betty Davis live? <laughs> no, she's dead. She's the first one to die. Oh, yeah. Remember? Because she's, like, aging really quickly. And then uh, the driver for the funeral comes in with a casket to pick her up before she's dead. <gasps> oh, fuck. Yeah. The guy. The fucking dude's, like, broken. No, but it's All the same ribs. guy, oh, right? Yeah, this big smile. And it's fucking... from his memory mm-hmm. from childhood or something. Yeah. Oh, that was really creepy. That was super creepy. Because he always had that same smile. Big the smile. Like, Do the smile. Driver. Hing. <laughs> yeah. That was freaking. It had nothing to do with the house. Just, well, I think the house was The house like, is making him see it. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was accessing his memories to make him, like, vulnerable. And I'm just one of those scary-to-death houses. You know, we're out there. <laughs> <laughs> we're people, too. Come on, now. What are you going to rate this movie? Hi. I think I'm going a six, maybe a seven. Uh, it was a well-done movie. It was spooky and scary for sure. Um, really good performances. Yeah. Uh, minus the overacting of Oliver minus Reed. Minus the overacting of Oliver Reed. But even some of that was okay. You liked him in The Brood, didn't you? I loved I feel him like in The Brood. He was good for that. <laughs> he was good for that. I, you know, sometimes he's cast well to do to do that sort of yeah. thing, and. It, it sort of makes sense in like a big spooky movie like this where you're you're relying a lot on um, suspense or uh, sound or people's emotions or whatnot. So it kind of worked. He was great in the Crazy Nun movie. Oh, The Devils, he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah he I was loved really him good. that. That's, that is a very Red good Grave call. Was good in, yeah. What was his job? Was he a writer? In this one? No, he's like a professor. Okay. Which is why he has the summer off. Yeah. And they're just like looking. Because they live in the city and it's. They give us like one shot of their apartment. It's all. They honk, honk, up. beep. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, honk, honk, beep. It. Gotta get away. <laughs> that was like that Carol Burnett movie. The grass was. is always greener. <laughs> it was, I mean, almost exactly like that. Just very, very quick. Yeah. I would give this a seven. I'd give it an eight. For like horror fans, because I'd be like, "This is a horror movie I can watch." Yeah, so I would rate it higher, but I don't have to rate it higher. It's just I give it a seven, and it's a horror movie that I can watch. And it's always nice to have a few because there's a lot of horror obsessed people. Oh, out there. serious time. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I don't think it's a great movie, but um, I remember you liking it. I do. Okay. I do like it. It it's a it's a thumbs up. Okay. But it's hey. not like, fuck yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> it's like, thumbs up. <laughs> I do really like the perspective you just added, though. Like, yeah. getting a horror movie that I can watch is mm-hmm. like a pretty big plus because I, I just, I cannot abide a fucking slasher film for the most part. It's just You like, liked Halloween? I, yeah, I do. And that's like right at the edge of like, Agreed. I wouldn't watch Halloween, though. I wouldn't go out and be like, I'm interested in watching this movie. Like, yeah. we watched it. I was, 
I'm glad we did because it was interesting. Well, we talked about it many times. The things I like about Halloween aren't the slashings at all. Yeah. Like, none of that. That could, didn't even need to be in the movie. You could have just made a movie about her being a good babysitter and leave all the <laughs> horror out of it. And I would have liked it just as much. Probably, yeah. <laughs> babysitter, the kids come over, they watch television, they make popcorn. Like, I would watch it. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> um, moving on. Sea Gypsies slash Shipwrecked, 1978. That's you. Right. Open your computer. Jesus Christ. Why is it being so difficult? I saw this as a kid and it's all Sea Gypsies, yet when this movie starts, it says Shipwrecked. Yeah, I know. It's a giant, like, other name of movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. You lost it. All data gone. It's going to take a minute. That's okay. We can load. pause it. Yeah. Here. Uh, let's not pause, actually. Instead, just keep going All seamlessly. Right, here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, and we never okay. paused. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shipwreck, otherwise known by its cringy name, the Sea Gypsies, <laughs> uh, was filmed in 1978. It stars Robert Logan as a grieving father taking his family on a sailing trip around the world. And Nancy Loomis as a reporter along for the ride to write a story. Uh, after they depart Seattle, they wreck near immediately in the first storm they encounter off the Alaskan coast. The family is forced to survive in the remote wilderness and make difficult decisions once the official search for their ship is called off. Disgust. Disgust. Yeah. Do you know, there is, this like, is one of those locations nothing. that I want to go to. <laughs> This, this one What's the of, city in Oregon that your dad went uh, to? Gold Beach. Gold Beach. We're going where they filmed Shipwreck. Uh, <laughs> he did not give her enough shit about not Who did coming, not give who enough shit? The the main guy in this didn't give, give the, reporter? The, the reporter enough shit about not coming to get him. Because, like, he goes, like, everything's smooth sailing and going great. And he's like, all right, just, like, keep driving us this way. Um, let me know if anything happens. I need to go sleep because I'm going to, you know, drive us through the night or whatever. And so he goes and sleep and then they come and wake him up when the storm is bad. And he, yeah, it's like, what in the fuck? She's never sailed before in her life. Yeah. Doesn't know anything about sailing, but she's in charge of the ship. And then suddenly like, and also <laughs> he didn't read the weather report and didn't make a plan to go around or, or just, like, like, go anchor somewhere close? Yeah, like, what? I just, it, it, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe, like, because he, he just, he has one line where he's like, why didn't you come get me sooner? And then that's it, because then they crash. But, like, <laughs> if this is me, there's a scene on the, on the beach where he's like, why, for fuck's sake, did you keep driving into the store? <laughs> I'm My a reporter. <laughs> why didn't you, like, come ask a question? Hey. And also, okay? why did you put me in charge of your ship? Yeah, what well, was going to be your plan if I was not here? Were you going well, to have the kids there, do it? There was The kids were supposed to do it, and there was supposed <laughs> to be a, another reporter who, who was there, right? No, I don't remember. Oh, remember yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's true. Yeah, and he was supposed to was have like, sailing experience. Yeah. Yes. But oh, instead, right. she, like, put a lie on him or something and, like, made it so that he couldn't do it. Yeah. That is... I don't remember that. Making it more devious. Well, yeah, because, like, he, he That's goes, what happened. He He's, goes and calls the editor and is like, I'm not taking this person. And then yeah, she's, I remember that. And she's sitting there waiting and he's all like, 
Uh, oh, but then, yeah, then later there's the reveal that, because she, she's like, I need yeah, to admit she admits to you to that, it. like, I fucking set this thing up. I'm like, I don't know that she put a lie on the guy or she just, like, blackmailed the editor a bit to get on, on board. It was one of the two, though. Yeah. I mean, she just wanted to go on the adventure and get the story. And yeah. fall in love. Well, not necessarily. Well, she got it. What was the name of the fucking <laughs> pelican? Oh, oh. It had a name like popcorn or sea biscuit or. Wasn't that like Pinocchio? Pinocchio? It was Pinocchio. Was it Pinocchio? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the name of the seal either, though. I feel like this shit holds up from my childhood memory of this. This is like one of those early movies you would get in the video store, where the video store would give you like a book of all the movies they had, and this was always one of them. This is very, like, Alaska Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah. Uh, I just, I come away from it, like, still feeling cool. Like, there's not too many animals that you see getting abused in it. You know, some, there's some of these movies, there's, like, the Golden Seal that I wanted to watch, and I was like, I don't know, I bet they killed a billion seals, I don't need to see that. <laughs> and it kind of ruined Jonathan Livingston Seagull, oh, yeah. which would be the ultimate fucking pot movie, if not for the fact that they... Killed a fuckload of seagulls trying to make that movie. Yeah. Or Milo and Otis. And Milo and Otis. All those bugs and kittens. God. <laughs> but it's also this story just about this, like, to me, you may have a different opinion, but I, he just seems like the cool, awesome dad. Kind of. He's just, like, so sweet to the kids, and he kind of, wants them to, like... He's lost his mind a little bit. I don't get that. I mean... Well, he's, I mean, he's grieving. It's, like a, his, it's like a family wife just kids died, movie. Yeah. So he's, yeah. like... Oh my God, my wife just died. I need to spend a bunch of time with my kids. I'm going to pull them all out of school and we're going to go sail the world. Yeah. <laughs> and the reporters were there. Yeah. And they, they have like sailing experience, the kids do, but they like, do. this is a dangerous trip. <laughs> I know. I mean, something sailing, bad happened because it was going to happen. To be fair, sailing is always dangerous, even under like really good conditions. But to go, like, without a storm. <laughs> to go around the world with your, your little kids and you, like, yeah. It's, it's it's a very bold thing to do and yeah I, it smacks of like i'm a little broken right now because yeah. I, i'm grieving so hard and i'm trying to figure a way to fix myself and fix my family and sailing right. sailing i get it i wanted he to should run have away been like vigo mortensen and take taking a bus mm. just load him up in a bus <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, but my skills are sea based. They're not woods based. So, <laughs> this is another movie about the dangers of sailing. It really is. Yeah, yeah. ordinary Poor people. He lost his brother dying. from a sailing accident. Also, uh, it sets an unrealistic expectation around your ability to outrun a grizzly or Kodiak. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything is unrealistic. I mean, how, how did they get... Well, they eventually started hunting and stuff. Oh, and uh, wasn't there a kid who's like, they're hunting and they couldn't hunt for shit? Oh, yeah. They were bad at it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the kids. Cause he was I, like trying to spear buffalo with a pocket yes, knife. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and just real bad. Or he gets something and then the, the, the coyotes or the wolves it. are like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> This, we were already marking this, and then you showed up. <laughs> and just did the work for it's us. It's ours, Thank yeah. You. Leave. <laughs> you want to save that kid, right? Isn't that your kid? <laughs> He's going to die unless you leave this carcass for us. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's very much like a kid fantasy, sort of like 
stick with your parents and you'll 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 come out okay kind of film um which is fine it's fine yeah i had fun i had fun watching it i mean it seemed like they had nothing yeah and then they go through the the items that they had and they kind of had a lot more than they would have been able to carry they found the oh yeah stuff kept coming and so then they miraculously were able to dive and get stuff out of the wreck Mm mm-hmm because there was that pocket of air in, in the wreck that he was able to swim down into, and then, but this, for, uh, the thing, a lot of things bug me. You can't see his uh, karate. Uh, <laughs> there was, <laughs> yeah, there were so many things that were like really unrealistic. That it's like just you know, as as people who grew up in the Pacific Northwest, like you know, you're you're taught a lot of like. Oh, if you, you know, if you ever get lost hiking with your family or something, like, here's things that you need to know that will save your life. And, you know, and also just, like, growing up this close to the woods in general. And they, they did not know these things. No, they did not. (laughs) Oh, so, like, like. And somehow it was working out for them. And they were, like, breaking all the rules. And it was like, what? Remember, they got all that (laughs) fish because he takes his family to go and, like. Go fish the the rivers when the salmon. Oh, is that spawning. was cool. But he's in the winter. Oh, is this time, your big problem with it? Yes, in the winter time they're splashing around in the river, with no way to dry their clothes, in Alaska. Like <laughs> they had a lot of time to adjust. Oh, for fuck's sake! They've adjusted to it. Well, I was thinking. I wrote down. <laughs> They've adjusted to hypothermia. Yeah, they did. It's miraculous <laughs> because he's such a great dad. <laughs> An interesting thing about this is that it reads like a, a Disney kids film, but it's not Disney. Yeah, it very much. Interestingly yeah. enough, it's not Disney, and I feel as unrealistic as it is, it's more realistic than a lot of the Disney kids films. Oh yeah, time. they don't have monkey butlers or Don Knotts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, although they have close monkey to monkey butlers. <laughs> yeah, they have they have something adjacent to they that. They do have something adjacent. I said that, and then I was like, no, but then they got the pelican, and they got the seal, and they're all... Oh, the seal. <laughs> Is that a sea lion, or...? It was a seal. And then the dog. Yeah. Now we're never gonna survive unless... We get a little... We get a little... <laughs> The dog? Yeah, the dog. We didn't mention the dog. Oh, and the other thing Two that dogs. was like really super unrealistic is like that like oh, the stowaway. Oh, okay, you're going stowaway. The stowaway, stowaway was like cute. drops off the boat and they're like miles away, but somehow they're able to retrace exactly where they were and just happen to meet up with Whatever currents that kid was floating on an upturned bucket. <laughs> Didn't his stowaway story like take the movie pretty dark? It was well, because his backstory it was, was like confusing. Because right? he's like, I'm an orphan. All my family's dead. And then it's like, well, there are people after him, or except something? for my brothers and sisters, and oh. my mom. And it was like, wait, you have a whole damn family? Like what? His story was confusing. Well, we need to see this again. And his <laughs> and his parents were fairly conservative. He had some shitty views. The Stowaway's parents? Yeah, I'm, say, I'm I'm blaming a lot of his opinions on his parents because the kid had bad opinions. Yeah, he was very like men are like this, and oh yeah, I was like you were stowing away on a boat mostly full of girls doing all the work. 
Yeah. I mean, adjust that <laughs> bullshit right now. <laughs> like, you're alive right now because of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your great plan of brushing your I teeth mean, on the deck ended with you floating off into the fucking air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your great plan. Yeah. I mean, they are, like, superhuman sailors who are, like, able yeah. to, like, go back and rescue you out of the fucking ocean yeah yeah see it's a superhero movie so go ahead mm-hmm. and be a little a little humble just a little <laughs> well we're going to where this movie was filmed but also that kid was fucking cute he was really cute was. oh my super god cute. super 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 yeah, which cute. is why i blame the parents and not him yeah uh gonna rate it yeah i'm gonna give this and a, also a really good six? actor too. oh he was like yeah. he was like the best child actor by a fucking mile yes was not close. And I think we looked him up, and I don't think he did anything after this. Well, and the dad didn't do uh, too much, which made me think, was he like an animal trainer or some kind of thing? Because he was very comfortable with the animals. He was, yeah. And all of that stuff was him. It wasn't no stunt person. Right. And so I was curious. Yeah, uh, maybe, the only yeah. stuff I found about him was like that he had like a nasty divorce. <laughs> well, Just now we know. He's like, listen to this. Why'd you mention from... my divorce? <laughs> Because that's like I know pretty much saying. what's like said about him online. And they're listening like, to this right now. We like, liked it. He was like the hippie dad in several wilderness survival family movies and then had a nasty divorce and just sort of fell off. Nobody knows what happened to him. <laughs> He's living Ooh. in Gold Key, oh, Oregon. He, <laughs> he probably, yeah, he decided to take his family fucking sailing <laughs> after that. <laughs> So what were you going to give this a six? I think I'd give it a six, maybe six, five. I'm going seven again on this. It did not disappoint my childhood memories, and I would <laughs> recommend this. This isn't the movie I don't think that I showed to my son, though, so that's interesting. Huh. Usually I ransacked all of my favorite childhood movies. Maybe it just came out recently on DVD. I don't know. Maybe. Victory? Next Thumb. one, or did, did you? Did I not rate it? I thought I, I didn't rate it. The thumbs up. Oh, I thought it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a thumbs up. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, moving on. Our final movie. We're going German, and the second or the movie we're watching today is another one of Marietta von Trotta's films. Oh, so, really? But this is the first and uh, second Awakening of Christina Clegg's, nineteen seventy-eight. All right. Um, well, since you already said that part, um, you can say it again. So this is a gay film without telling you it's a gay film. <laughs> yep. Uh, Krista and her friends rob a bank in desperation to save an alternative kindergarten for impoverished, neglected and orphaned children. But they don't know how to launder the money. So we follow their adventures in trying to figure it out while while on the run. And we also follow her love-struck hostage from the robbery who goes to great lengths to try and find her. I share One, a great look. <laughs> One friend is caught and another shot caught. as the situation grows hopeless. Krista contacts her old friend, wink wink, from school who <laughs> runs away from her husband to be with her in Portugal. Unfortunately, they're kicked out of the collective she's hiding in for being gay. Uh, Finding herself out of places to run, having lost her friends and failed to save the kindergarten, she returns home in a deep depression, just waiting to be found. But maybe 
there is still hope for a future and romance as the love-struck hostage testifies that Krista is not the bank robber. That was cool. Uh, you don't got anything on the director? And this film is critically acclaimed and directed by Margareti Fontrada. You're the best. This is the first of three uh, films. I was going to say Margaret. And then when we were looking up how to pronounce her name, I kept thinking of Mario Andretti. Because <laughs> these people were like, Margaretti. I'm like, Mario Andretti. Uh, today we're going to watch, and we'll be reviewing it shortly, The Lost Honor of uh, Katharina Bloom. And then Sisters of the Balance of Happiness. So uh, we're watching some German movies. Hey. Uh, this reading about this movie like totally was like, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, because it's like one of those movies that like has a really good premise. They rob a bank to save a, a, a school, mm-hmm. and I was, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, but yeah. it's not as cool as all that because like they don't have the best yeah. of plans. They don't. And also, the copy of the film we had was pretty shit. Yeah, and it was a, I don't know if it was a Blu-ray, but it was definitely... It was at least a DVD. I think it just, it's not a particularly well... It was like it's a, a It's copy. a low-budget film, or at least it looks like it. It's not lit very well. <laughs> the lighting is terrible. <laughs> like, Could have used the guy from Gone of the Dead. They did yes. not use any lighting. No. There's... They just turned on a camera indoors and were just like, the shade goes where the shade wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can't see your eyes or your mouth at all, and you just look like a goblin in the hallway, but like, whatever. This is this Maybe what we're doing. Maybe it's the German. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's possible. You actually compared it once, at least, to, to bleak moments. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought that was actually a good call because it, it has that feel uh, cinematically for sure. Minus the guitar guy. Yeah, well, thankfully. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah. What did you say about the school? Because it wasn't, was it a school for... It was an alternative style kindergarten. Okay. Um, but it, like, mostly serves impoverished neglected and orphaned children well because she said that like i thought it was a great premise and i was like no plan here they said they started it for their own kids and then people like started dropping off kids and then didn't come back that was interesting yeah she was like fuck what are we gonna do uh this film starts though with the robbery and i don't know that there is a better acted moment than when uh, she is holding the lady hostage in the in the bank, and she looks up. None of us, zero of us, had any doubt that she was dripping fucking wet in that moment. Yeah, and she was, just was like, like oh. absolutely creaming her pants, staring at her face. <laughs> yeah, we got the look. It was <laughs> like whoa. It was easily the best <laughs> like so gay moment like in the film without any words. Where it just expressed exactly what was happening. Yeah. And you knew. Every one of us knew when she uh, got to testify that she was going to be like, oh no, she's not. She's guilty of something, but it ain't of that robbery, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. It, that part was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Because I, I, I came into this with very little expectations because I didn't know much about the film. Um, and then... That seeing that scene was like, oh wait, are they gonna? Is this, is this a gay film? <laughs> and then like, 
it was like, oh, yes. maybe it's not. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely probably gets the most gay after the film ends, which we can make a sequel. Maybe. I mean, when she's getting, when her girlfriend I mean, I comes and joins like, her in Portugal. Her and Ingrid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, after that, it's just pornography. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but when she's in, in Portugal, I mean, it's very like, I'm living with a lover for a while. Yeah. And they're like, the old ladies are, want you to go. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just, you know, you're doing this thing with this lady and they're not, they're not feeling that. Too early. <laughs> Come back in 10 years. <laughs> Join our collective then. <laughs> when it will be all run by lesbians. <laughs> our court collective. Our artisan court collective. Nice. I was looking up the films by this director. I was interested. And all the, the of the three films from the 70s, this is the... He still gets a good rating, but it's the lowest rated but it had the premise that I was interested in the most. Hmm. I was like, oh, this one seems best for us. For us, yeah. Um, I, the other one seemed a little bit like it might be dark and difficult to watch. And that's the one we're watching today. Yay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Eight think, Robin's Minstrels. <laughs> I think this movie could have been better if it just had like a little bit tighter editing. Yep. Um, well, I mean, obviously lighting. Yep. And, script, and like, a tighter there, plan, There should maybe? have been some lighting. And then, like... But maybe that wasn't the story they wanted to tell. Yeah. The, there was just, like, moments where you kind of... You just lost interest because, like, it just wasn't edited tight enough. And it was, like, just going a little bit too real time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This slice of life is too slice of life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like I'm, I'm all down for, you know, being like super realism and like, you know, like yeah, this isn't a happy fucking story for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you, we're supposed to see her on this journey where she's like just grad, you know, goes from like this high moment of like yeah, we did it to like, oh fuck, no, we didn't. Oh no. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, okay. oh fuck! This is just really spiraling out of control, and then you just like hit rock bottom, and then it's like My you know, the end is like, oh okay. I have <laughs> maybe awoke. there's some. The youngest member still. got busted pretty bad. Remember immediately, immediately. <laughs> I think that's the second scene in the film. When like, like yeah. he jumps in a dumpster, and you're like, oh, he's busted. Well, he jumps in a dumpster, and they're chasing him with, with dogs. dogs. <laughs> go to the dumpster by accident you fucking fool <laughs> <laughs> there's bones in there and your scent <laughs> like you just it's, it's, it's the worst try the worst try Jesus Ooh. Uh, all that said no. I really liked the film uh, I did too I think it's seven maybe uh, there, there's parts of this that are probably higher and definitely parts that are lower. So I think I'll, I'll marry him and give it a 7. You'll marinate? Yeah, I, think, I would give it a 7.4. Yeah, I think it's... It, I, I like it better in hindsight than I did actually sitting and watching it. 
Yeah. <laughs> now I see why you're wearing a black leotard, because we were reviewing this German movie. <laughs> it's not a leotard. Now watch as we see Victory's interpretive dance describing the intricate plot of the awakening of Christina Bloom. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. That was Christina Clegg. Whatever. Christ- Corporal Clegg Christa, is a... Christa Clagus, probably. Pink Floyd song. Yeah, I know, right? It just Americanized the hell out of it. Yeah. Awakening of Christina. It's not Christina, it's Krista. Really? It says Christina here. Well, that's what I wrote. <laughs> and this is the second awakening. Wait, so what was the first? Oh, to rob the bank, probably. Yeah. Want to save this school. I mean, it's a big decision to make, and she, yeah. Also, do you remember what she does with the money? She just leaves it there with the homophobes in Portugal. Yeah. It's like, I don't She's know. Like, you guys this is like just worthless funny money. I can't do anything with yeah. it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so that could be the plot of what they do with it. I know they're going to take classes to be less homophobic. <laughs> 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 we're like, finally, we can fund our turf organization. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to stretch. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, we're out of movies. So we are out of you movies. You want to do your housekeeping? Yeah, might as well. While I make fun of you, go. You know, I almost set us up a Mastodon account today. The with hell's the, a Mastodon? Well, it's the place that... It's most... a dinosaur. <laughs> it's the social media network that everyone's migrating to since Twitter and Facebook are really fucking terrible now. Yeah. Um, that said, you can find us on Facebook at a, uh, by searching a decade under the influence. You can follow us on Instagram by, by looking up a decade under the influence. And you can find us on Twitter at a decade under the one for now. Um, I probably should grab our Mastodon account early so I can get our name. That would be Do smart. it, yeah. Um, yeah. Folks, if you have, uh, thoughts on what we've shared, uh, movies that we've, we've reviewed today, we'd love to hear them. Uh, please leave a comment, do a like, review, something like that. Um, poke at us on one of those online forums. Uh, Agreed. If you have a movie you'd like us to do, reach we'll out. We'll make fun us. of you. We probably will make fun of you, but that's no. because we care. Um, We've watched most of the recommendations. Yeah, uh, we still have to do Phase Four. I'm looking forward to, to yeah. doing that with Tim. Um, we so, did the one that Jason recommended. I loved it. Yeah, Street like, Fight in the Subway or whatever. Toe, it was. He wore tooth or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Tanzania. Tanzania. <laughs> Tanzania War Tooth. Still the best actor name out there. But that drunk guy at where I work, he keeps recommending these movies. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> so some recommends I do kind of make fun of a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that's it. We're out of time. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time.